you are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia, and how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to episode 282 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, the A's beat the Angels 5 to nothing. but Chris Bassett was the story in this one. What a game he just pitched. I'm going to be talking about uh, what he did and all of the stats, what he did against the Angels on last Saturday, and in this start, how he changed his pitch match just slightly, not, not that much, but just slightly. And uh, the results were evident. Uh, I'm also going to be talking about Bartgate because Shohei Otani couldn't get to the ballpark. He's going to be pitching on Friday instead. So that's uh, that's something. And then also uh, Luzardo pitched for the Aviators. Talk about that for a second. And then I'm going to wrap up this entire episode by uh, posting my interview with Jonah Bride of the Midland Rockhounds. He is not a ranked A's prospect, but he is raking all over the field in Midland. So uh, I got all that coming up for you guys today. But before I get into anything, this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me today on Friday to get in on the action. That's Locker Room changing the way we talk sports. And uh, I will be going live at, at game time. I was not planning on being there for the Shohei Otani start, but I'm going to be there for the Shohei Otani start, and I am very excited about that. But enough about Otani. We'll talk about him next week. Uh, today, it is all about Chris Bassett. He pitched a complete game shutout, the first of his career, and uh, just the emotion that he was showing in the post-game press conference after this, was uh, it, it, it warms your heart because he's one of those guys that came over in the Jeff Samarja deal, and he's been through it. And he's doing it right now. And you just, he's one of those guys that were, he's like Marcus Simeon, you know, he, same deal, obviously, but they just feel like one of ours because they've been, Chris Bassett's been here forever. He's just now getting that opportunity to start the last couple of years and he's taking it and running with it. And that's why he was emotional because he's been up against it. And as he said, you know, he's had guys in this or people in this organization, his wife, uh, the coaching staff that have been on his side, no matter how he's been doing and and uh, that's the emotion that was coming through. And that's really heartwarming. You love to see it. I know that, uh, you know, certain managers on the Chicago, Chicago White Sox, probably not a big fan. There's probably something against, uh, you know, showing emotion in a postgame press conference. So Tony La Russa, not a fan, but um, I am. And I thought that that was amazing. It made me love Chris Bassett even more. And I'm going to get into some of what he has done this season compared to last season and why he's actually better this season, regardless of what the ERA says. Uh, but first, I just want to give a couple of other standouts here. And that is why one, Mark Canna, he went three for three with a couple of walks. He didn't drive any, any runs. He didn't score any runs, but uh, he got on base five times in this game. That's You can't ask for more from your leadoff hitter. So great job from Chris Bassett. And then uh, <laughs> my joking star of the game was Elvis Andrews, who was hitting 200 for like an hour. And then he got a second at bat after he got his hit. And uh, he, he struck out. So he is now hitting 199 on the season. But I know that I like to joke and whatnot. But 
he's turning it around. And obviously, you know, it takes a long time. I've said that it, it will take a long time for him to get out of the hole that he has dug for himself. But at the same time, he keeps hitting the ball hard. And that's something that when he does it, I want to bring attention to it. Elvis Andrews, he's becoming a an okay bat in the A's lineup right now. He had four at-bats in this game. He struck out twice, obviously, not great. And then he also hit the ball hard twice. One of those was a double play because uh, it was hit at negative 11 miles or negative 11 degrees. Uh, but sometimes you hit you hit the ball hard and, you know, it finds the defender and they turn two. But uh, he also had an RBI single in that uh, big uh, five-run fifth or uh, sixth inning. So uh, good job from Elvis Andrews, and he's putting in the work. So I, I like calling attention to guys that are putting in the work and showing improvement, even though you don't notice it on the stat line immediately. And I also talk about Elvis Andrews about just about every episode, so I had to. But uh, before this start for Chris Bassett, let's get back to Chris Bassett. Before this start, uh, according to Fangraphs, he was tied with Trevor Bauer and Pablo Lopez who is another very good young pitcher for the Miami Marlins. Uh, if you know one thing about the Marlins, they have pitching. And he was tied with those two guys in uh, Fangraph's War, their version of War, at 1.3. And uh, Pablo Lopez and Chris Bassett had both started the same number of games. Trevor Bauer had actually started one more game in the season than Chris Bassett. And uh, yeah, now, now who's got more War, Trevor? It's Chris Bassett, obviously. He he just threw nine shutout innings and uh, didn't allow a run. So I'm pretty sure that it's going to be him once they update their standings and all that stuff. Um, and he's like the number 15 or like 18. He's like not quite the best pitcher in baseball. Nobody's near like Garrett Cole or uh, Jacob DeGrom except for one another. There's those two guys. And then everybody else is like right around 1.7, 1.8 maybe. So Chris Bassett is in some very elite company. And his FIP, uh, Chris Bassett's FIP at 3.15 is actually lower than Trevor Bauer's. So he's actually pitching better, but the defense behind Trevor Bauer has been better, which is why his ERA has been lower on the season. But uh, Bauer's being paid $40 million this year because he hit free agency. And Chris Bassett is at uh, $4.9 million in his second year of arbitration. So uh, who would you rather have? Who would bring a better return in a trade if you were going to do that? It's Chris Bassett. He's been amazing. And I, I mentioned this just a second ago, and this is, again, before Thursday's start, so the, the stats aren't quite there just yet. I don't have the FIP in this one, in this comparison, but uh, let's go along with it for just one second. Um, it, with the before and then the after Thursday start, in 2020, he had 63 innings pitched in the shortened season. He had a 2.29 ERA. He kind of announced himself. And even I was wondering if that was going to be sustainable for Chris Bassett. And obviously the ERA has, you know, risen a little bit this season. And he just had a really good start. So his ERA is looking a lot better. But uh, I was looking at the expected stats and I was like, ooh, he's expected to give up a little bit, you know, uh, a few more runs here and there, get a, hit a little bit harder. It looked like he might have been a little bit lucky, but he is proving me wrong. I, I said it earlier this season, he's avoiding barrels and just giving up weak contact. And that's all you can really ask for if you're a pitcher, especially if you're not going to be striking out a ton of guys. He struck out one in inning, which is fine. You know, Trevor Bauer strikes out like 11 per nine. So uh, that's that's really good for a starting pitcher is like 11 per nine, but nine per nine, that's you know, league average-ish at, at these days. That used to be elite. It's not anymore. But uh, he had 63 innings pitched in 2020, and he had a 229 ERA with a 359 FIP and a 1.159 WHIP. 
So that's walks and hits divided by innings pitch. So basically how much traffic is on the bases, uh, not hit by pitch or anything like that, but, uh, you know, walks and hits. And so in 2021, his uh, he's thrown 61 innings. This is heading into yesterday's start. And he had a 369 ERA, which is 1.4 above last season in roughly the same number of innings. And then he had a 3.15 FIP. So his FIP had actually gone down by 0.4. But his ERA was a little bit worse. So he's actually been pitching even better. And I've been saying that he's been a bulldog for the A's this season. He has been their ace. And he had a, a 1.098 whip uh, before the start. But now he has seven innings pitched, a 3.21 ERA, and a just a, a flat one whip. He has been fantastic. And he might be not even just the ace ace, but one of the actual aces in baseball, the way he's throwing the ball, he's not going to be like a sub two ERA guy. I think that that would be, he'd have to get extremely lucky for that to happen and it wouldn't be sustainable, but he can be a three, two, three, three ERA guy. And I am very happy with that. Uh, the angels heading into this game had just scored 20 runs in two games against the Texas Rangers. He held them to two hits tonight, two that, that's ace level right there. The Angels are no slouches on offense. I know that they don't have Mike Trout, but he is fantastic. He knows what he's doing. They have pitchers on the Oakland A's staff. They don't have guys that just, you know, aim for the middle of the plate like Robbie Ray and just hope that it lands in the strike zone and the guys are just going to swing and miss. They got pitchers that are out there thinking and throwing in certain situations, certain pitches. And Chris Bassett is one of those guys. He's the best of those guys on this A's starting staff right now. And he has just been fantastic fantastic this season. And Bieber and uh, Garrett Cole, Shane Bieber, Garrett Cole, they're the only two AL pitchers right now that were on the AL Cy Young ballot or, you know, in the top 10 vote getters from last season that are currently ahead of Bassett right now in war. So he's the only guy, him, him Shane Bieber, one of the best pitchers in the American League, and Garrett Cole, who signed a huge deal to go to the Yankees. They're the only three guys that are doing this back-to-back years right now. And uh, yeah, Chris friggin' Bassett. You'll love to see that. And I said on the Lockdown Now video that I would give you his pitch mix from, uh, you know, his start last week on Saturday against the Angels and then tonight. So here we go. Last week on Saturday, he went sinker 39% of the uh, 39% of the way. And then in this game, he went 36. So not a big difference, just a little bit less. Next pitch on the list. Uh, last week, he went uh, four-seamer 23% of the time. Last night, 22% of the time. So negligible difference right there. N nothing big. Uh, last week, the cutter, he threw 12 total cutters for 13% of the time. This time, he went cutter heavy 21% of the time, and he threw 24 total. So he doubled the amount of cutters he threw. The percentage didn't double just because he threw more pitches on Thursday because he had to get through nine innings. Uh, but yeah, the, the cutter was the difference in this game. He also went slider 8% and curveball 8% and changeup 8% in the last game. And then in this one, he went slider 10%. Change up 7%, curveball 4%. So the cutter was the difference for him in this game. He threw, th uh, and then his slider was also effective. Uh, not, you know, super, uh, he, he threw three. He got three swings and misses. And 55% of the time when he threw it, he either got a called strike or a, a whiff. So it was a very effective pitch for him. But the cutter was the big difference in this one because of the amount that he threw it to just 
that that's what he does. He just that little bit, that little bit of cut right there is how he misses barrels, and that's why he's so effective. Sure, you can strike out as many batters as you want, but also limiting hard contact is also a skill, and that's the thing that the A's have been going after recently. And Chris Bassett is the epitome of minimizing hard contact right now. So great job from Chris Bassett. You love to see just everything good coming his way. He's been a fantastic member of the Oakland A's for a number of years now. So. Uh, Chris, congrats, man. That was fantastic. I love to see it. But uh, I got a little bit more coming up for you guys. I got Bartgate coming up for you guys. How did Jesus Lozardo do in his 25-pitch performance for the Las Vegas Aviators? And also, uh, there was an inning that you want to hear about from Lansing because uh, it got ugly. And it I'm going to tell you about it. So stay locked in with Locked On A's, and I'll be right back. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better, cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Lucy has created a nicotine gum with 4 milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. Lucy also has a lozenge with 4 milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, cherry ice, citrus, and mint. And these products are convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, or even in the gym. It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Locked on MLB Network listeners, go to lucy.co and use promo code locked on MLB to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. That is lucy.co and use promo code locked on MLB at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer warning this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code locked on MLB. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts. Uh, follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter and in the locker room app. I'm going live today at game time. Uh, Shohei's throwing, so I'm going to be there watching him. Uh, hopefully not strike out too many guys. And then also, if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So let's get into Bartgate real quick. I'm just going to touch on this real quick. I just really wanted to say that I, I named it Bartgate, and that's really it. But uh, if, you, if you missed it, Shohei Otani was supposed to pitch Thursday's game against the A's. Uh, it, it wouldn't have mattered because their starting pitcher actually did fairly well. Pablo Sandoval or not Pablo Sandoval, Justin Sandoval actually pitched fairly well. It was the Angel bullpen. So uh, if Otani was going to also pitch a complete game, then the A's might have been in trouble. But uh, the A's would have scored these runs. It didn't matter. But uh, they say that uh, he was scratched because he there was too much traffic on the Bay Bridge, so he couldn't get there that way. And then there was a delay on Bart, so... They, he just couldn't get to the game on time. So he, they had to scratch him because uh, he likes to be there at that park and starting his routine by 4 p.m. And uh, he was not able to make it by 4 p.m. So they're like, all right, well, we'll just do it tomorrow, whatever. Um, and so then, then it got interesting because uh, Bart tweeted out that they did not have any delays going from you know where he was to the Coliseum at all. And so they're like, yeah, I mean, sure, it would have been really cool to have him on Bart. But uh we didn't have any delays. What are you talking about? And now everybody in the Bay Area is like, what train did he get on? Where was he going? Because <laughs> I, I went to the game via Bart's just, uh, you know, a couple days ago on Wednesday. And 
I had to make, I was like, oh, because I've been coming from San Francisco for, you know, almost a decade. And I was like, oh, crap, we got to, we got to transfer, don't we? It's at MacArthur. Okay. And then it just came back to me, you know, kind of naturally. But uh, you would think that like their traveling secretary would have those lines down uh, just in case there was traffic because the Bay Area isn't like traffic central. How do they get to Angels games? Where I mean, they're probably staying closer to Anaheim. They're staying at a Disney hotel because Disney is fancy. Um, no, I just thought that it was a hilarious incident and hopefully Shohei can uh, learn from this mistake and get to the game on time and he can pitch on Friday. Uh, hopefully not super, super well. Again, we're going to be looking at his uh, his velocity because that was a big talking point in his last start. It had been down five to seven or three to seven miles per hour uh, on certain pitches. So Something to keep an eye out on Friday when he's pitching against the A's. But let's get into the Aviators from a fr- or a Thursday night. Sorry, uh, Jesus Luzardo made his first rehab appearance for Las Vegas. He went one and two thirds innings pitched, gave up a hit and a, and he also struck somebody out, and he went twenty five pitches. So uneventful for the most part. Nothing bad for Jesus Luzardo. But uh, also pitching that same game was Adam Kalerik, who you may remember was traded for this winter. And everybody was like, oh, he's been really good. We're very much looking forward to him, you know, playing for the A's. He's in AAA. And uh, he his final line was he went one inning, uh, gave up a hit, two earned runs, and a walk. Uh, he got a couple of outs in the first inning that he pitched, and then uh, there was a break, and then he came back out and started pitching, and it went, uh, he gave up a single, and then he, there was a fielder's choice, and then he walked somebody, and then Jordan Weems came in and gave up a double. So that's where the two runs came in. Uh, would Kalerik have gotten out of it? Probably not, but uh, just wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. But let's go down to Lansing because, oh my God, what the hell happened? Um the sixth inning, I'm just going to run down what the hell happened here. So in the sixth inning, it started with a throwing error by Max Schumann. And then uh, it went walk, force out, sack bunt that scored a run and didn't have an out recorded. Fielder's choice that scored two on a throwing error. Uh, walk, sack fly that also had an error. Walk. Uh, then they brought in Charles Hall to pitch uh, instead. And then it went single strikeout looking. Uh, single and then uh, ground out. So that was uh, that was an inning. They scored nine runs. They were all unearned because there was like three errors in this inning. Um, yeah. So uh, the the Lansing Lugnuts lost this one ten to one to the Loons. And uh, yeah, I, I I looked at the the box score and I was like, how did he give up uh, gouache? He gave up eight runs, not eight or nine runs. I forget which one it was. And, and he still has an, an 063 ERA. That is crazy. And I was like, oh, they're all unearned. That's weird. Was it? A, and then it got it got dark. And uh, I'm not, you know, trying to make fun of anybody. I just think that that's hilarious. Um, wow. A nine run inning with three errors is so minor league baseball. Um, and also, I'm going to be talking to somebody that's on that team, and I'm going to have to ask him about that on Monday. So uh, as long as that still happens, I will be finding I will I will get to the bottom of what the hell happened in that sixth inning, because that was insane. Also, Sam Selman hit his third home run of the year. So Sam Selman, uh, bright star of the game for the Lansing Lugnuts. Good job. But let's go down to Stockton real quick, because Robert Poisson, I've talked about him a decent amount. Uh, he went three for three with a run scored. He is now 
now hitting 185. And this is his second straight multi-hit game. Is it a sign of things to come? I hope so, because uh, it, the sooner he figures it out, the sooner we can see him in Oakland, because he is only 18 years old. And I said that it's going to be a trek. It's going to be a journey for him to figure this out. This is his first experience in Pro Bowl. And if he's starting to figure it out right now, like three weeks into his first experience, Oh man, watch out everybody. This is also the second time all season that he has not struck out in a game. So uh, maybe he's turning things around because strikeouts have been an issue for him this season. But uh, I am all aboard the Robert Poisson uh, train. I, I will be the conductor of that train. I'm very excited. Uh, also, there's, an, there's another train leaving that station, and it is Tyler Soderstrom. He went three for five with a double. He drove in two. He scored one, and he also struck out twice. Uh, a lot of these guys are like, hey, I'll, I'll get three hits and then strike out the other two times. It, it's it's fun. Uh, he's hitting 325 for the season, so he's having a great, great time. And Lazarito, not to be outdone, he went two for five with a run, an RBI. He struck out twice, and he also had a stolen base, his eighth of the season. He's hitting 351. Most of the offense has been those two guys, Tyler Zodestrom and Lazaro Armenteros. Um, yeah, it's... <laughs> The A's have some very interesting minor league teams right now. And, uh, you know, wins and losses don't matter. But, uh, wow, I love, I will get all of the hits and then strike out every other at bat. It's, it's great. Um, and then also Jack Cushing, he started this game. He was a 2019 22nd round pick by the A's. He went six innings, gave up two hits, one run, didn't walk anybody, struck out 10. That that's a that's a start by Jack Cushing right there. He has allowed a single run in two of his four starts this season. He has an 092 ERA and an 086 whip. He is absolutely dominating right now. Uh, nice job by the righty on that one. So Jack Cushing, keep an eye out for him. But that's all that I got from down on the farm and all that I got from Bartgate. But coming up, I got my interview from uh, earlier this week with Jonah Bride of Midland. He has been crushing baseballs. Um, he, he talks a, a decent amount about his approach, what he was do, doing during the quarantine period last year because he was not on the alt-site roster. So, uh, yeah, what, what's he been up to? What's he doing? How, what has he adjusted that's leading to his success in 2021? Got all that coming up for you guys here in just a minute. So stay locked in with Locked On Is, and I'll be right back. Stonks, memes, rocket chips, day trading can be a lot of fun, but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio, and there is no manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control, and Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free when you go to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB. All you need is $500 to get started so you can grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. So to get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T.com slash locked on MLB to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB and get started today. 
Today's episode is also brought to you by the best tasting protein bar in the galaxy, and that is Built Bar, my friends. They have nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor. They don't have a limited time flavor right now. You have to keep checking on their website. I did just before I recorded this, and uh, Cherry Barcia front and center, and that is a winner for me. Love Cherry Barcia, love raspberry, love the mint brownie. They have nine delicious flavors, and if you don't know which one sounds the best to you, then you, they will send you a mixed box where you can get two of each of the nine flavors. That is an option for you to figure out which one you like the most. And all of these bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're great for the keto diet. They can help you lose weight if you want that. They're great for a nice afternoon snack if you want one of those. That's more where I am. I'm not <laughs> the workout guy. But uh, all you got to do to take advantage of one of these mixed bar boxes and, you know, figure out which one you like the most is go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will save 15% on that mixed box. So all you gotta do is use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com and find out which bar is your favorite today. And so now, at long last, here is my talk with Jonah Bright. He was fantastic. Uh, there's video, I'm not gonna release that, but he was fantastic. Uh, so yeah, uh, give a listen to Jonah Bright, learn a little bit about a minor leaguer, and I'll say goodbye at the very end. So uh, enjoy, you guys. Today, I am joined by A's 2018 draftee that you've probably seen jogging around the bases in a Texas ballpark near you. Pitchers beware. It is the Midland Masher, Jonah Bride. Jonah, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No worries, it. man. Uh, so I usually like to start off with just something just nice and simple, and that is, what is your walk-up song? It, it tells me a little bit about you and what kind of music you like. And just you know, Yeah, you right now it's uh, Run It Up. Um, so it's a rap song that... Actually, Drew Millis, he's out in Lansing, gave to me and said, you need to give this one a try. So uh, we've been rolling with that so far. I don't know if we're going to stick with it or probably we've only had one home series. So haven't gotten a huge sample size with it. Uh, we've got two two weeks at home right now. So I guess we'll see if uh, we're going to keep running up or not. Does he get to use it as well or did he like give it to you to use? No, no. He just recommended it. And I was like, oh, okay. yeah, this so <laughs> give this one a look. And uh yeah, we're rolling with it. Nice. Um, I'm always intrigued to know who like uh, who ball players were rooting for when they were growing up. So who were some of your favorite players when you were becoming a baseball fan and player? So honestly, I've, I've never really had like a team um, that I've really cheered for. I grew up in Milwaukee uh, and then moved to Oklahoma. Um, so I've kind of just had guys like, so Pete Cosmo is actually with our Triple A club right now. Um, he went to my same high school. Uh, and so he graduated, I think, seven years before me. So as I was coming up, he was uh, up in the league with the Cardinals. So I'd always cheer for him. And now, uh, I mean, Dylan Bundy from Owasso as well. So I kind of just cheer for the hometown guys. Nice. I, so this season you've played solely first base. And before you were playing first and third base. Um, is that basically because you got Allen Davidson and uh, Ironman over there and they're playing, you know, second, third and short? Or is this kind of a role that you're working into now as solely a first baseman? Um, I wouldn't say I'm solely a third or first baseman at all. I mean, I um, went to instructional league last year when we got to do something in 2020, which was the only thing, obviously. Um, and I was playing some first base there. So I kind of had a feeling that I was going to just kind of turn into a utility type player, which mm -hmm. which I'm great. Um, as many at bats, uh, help the team win anyway. So uh, I think I think at some point um, coming up, we'll, so Nick's going to the USA right now. So maybe that'll open up. Uh, be able to play some third, maybe a little bit of second, but just just do whatever uh, is asked of me and be happy with it. And play, so, 
that was my next question. I'm like, hey, do you think that when he leaves for USA, are you going to play some more third base? But uh, yeah, I, I think <laughs> you got that one. <laughs> yeah. So in 2019, uh, you spent most of the year with Stockton. You got a little bit of a taste of Midland at the end of the season uh, when they were, you know, going into the playoffs and all that stuff. Did that have any impact on you this season when you started the year in Midland? I know it's only a couple of games, but, you know, there's a little bit more familiarity with the area, at least. Did that impact you at all? I would say, I mean, I thought about that definitely in 2019 after that season. I was like, I'm just glad that I got to come up here, see what it's like, um, see some games played, how quick everything moves. Um, so, yeah, I would say I'm definitely comfortable um, just just being here in the past and, like, knowing what goes on. Uh, so, yeah, that was definitely helpful. And, uh, definitely, I thought about that in 19, thinking that could be a good thing, just getting to see it. And, uh, yeah, so far that's been great. Nice. Um, so you were not at the alt site last year. You did an instructs a little bit later, but what was the communication like with the coaching staff? Uh, you said that you were in communication with them, you know, two, three times a week. Uh, was that, were you doing uh, zoom meetings? Were you sending them videos of what you were work like, uh, your swing and what you were working on? Uh, was it just phone calls? Uh, take, take me through that a little bit. Yeah. I'd, I'd say for the most part, it was, it was just phone calls. Um, you'd get your couple calls a week. Uh, you you get one from the medical side, uh, just checking in with you, making sure you're healthy, COVID, all that stuff. Um, and then you'd get calls randomly from hitting coaches, coordinators. And then, yeah, I think that I don't, I don't think it was recommended or required to send videos, but uh, definitely just send it, show what you're doing and staying active and yeah, just keeping your name out there and, Showing them you care and you're working hard and you're ready to go again. So nice. Um, so I've noticed that your walk rates up a little bit from where it was in 2019. Could be small sample size, not positive. Um, and then also your strikeout rate is close to what it was uh, back in that season as well. Your power is more uh, prevalent than it was in 2019. Are these adjustments that you've made either at uh, your the way that you approach an at bat or what is different between 2019 version of you and what you've done now and what have you done to get there? Yeah. Uh, I mean, in, in 2020, really all we got to do was face our guys locally. So mm -hmm. we, we tried to get as much uh, sim game type thing as, as we could. And then instructionally, obviously, but uh, I mean, for the most part, I just, my big thing after instructs was trying to just get stronger. I mean, I feel like a swing since college has come a long way. Um, but really like so far, I feel like, yeah, walks. I mean, I, I, pride myself on trying not to chase and leaving the zone and just giving a good at bat every time. Um, but I feel like this last week I struck out uh, way too much in Amarillo. So hopefully uh, get a better two strike approach going. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we're playing pretty good and everyone's starting to settle in more and get comfortable. So uh, I think we got Frisco coming in this week at home, uh, which will be good. What is your general approach with two strikes? Are you trying to shorten up a little bit or are you, what, what do you do these days? Because I know that the game is um, always changing. So yeah, everybody has a yeah. different approach. That's, that's a good question because in 2019, um, I think when I was struggling a little bit in Stockton, uh, I wasn't striking out that much. But I mean, it was Ed Sprague came up and he's like, hey, like two strikes. Like, yeah, like you're not striking out. He's like, but I think you're just giving away your at-bats and you're not trying to drive the ball. Um, so I think I started to strike out more. But as that happened, I began, began to uh, – just drive the ball like in the gap with two strikes, not thinking about, hey, don't don't strike out here. Just tap in the infield. Like we still want you to try to do damage. Um, so I think that 
in a way like that was nice, but now I feel like there's times where I can definitely shorten up and still drive the ball, um, but just not chase, uh, which I mean, I know it's not, it's easier said than done, but um, definitely can be better. I just not striking out. Do you start like hunting a certain pitch or is it just a see it as it comes? Yeah, definitely. With two strikes, you see it as it comes for sure. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, this year, we, we started to see it a little bit last year, or 19, about pitching backwards and stuff. But, I mean, now you're really getting 2-0, 3-1, and then, like, 3-2 for sure. You really just got to be ready to hit that slider. I mean, all these guys throw every pitch and every count, and uh, that's been a huge, huge difference for sure. Uh, just got a couple more for you. Uh, first one, fairly straightforward. What are your goals for this season? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, it's different. I mean, being back is just great. Um, but we could – I don't know how the playoffs are going to work and all that, but, I mean, this is a fun group. Everyone just wants to win, um, mature. And so it's not it's, – it's really good atmosphere. Um, so having a fun winning team, I mean, we love winning. It's, it's a great time. Um, so that for sure. But then just, um, just get, get better every single day. Um, keep things we've been talking about with striking out. I mean, doubles. I want to hit, hit a lot of doubles. Um, yeah, just continue to grow as a player and be able to move around the infield and do everything we can to win. That's all you can do. Um, <laughs> so final thing, I read in an article, I believe it was uh, a Tulsa newspaper that interviewed you uh, before this season. And they said that you were playing PlayStation in between running and doing pull-ups. Um, what game were you playing on PlayStation? Because I know that my quarantine involved a lot of PlayStation, less running and pull-ups, but I was also doing a lot of PlayStation. What, what were you playing, man? That's really funny. Um, I was, I, I'm a big I'll be the show player. So uh, I play a little bit of Fortnite and stuff, but mostly uh, everyone knows I'm, I'm pretty serious about it. will be the show. I, I love so. that game so much. And you got your own card, yeah. right? They, they made one for yeah. you. Yeah, I just got one for this year, so. Uh, now that we got an off day today, probably actually go home and, <laughs> and get a little bit of playing done. That is awesome, man. I I am very happy that uh, I, I want that card. I, I want the Jonah Bragg <laughs> card, but it's not there. Uh, I'm uh, not playing it. I'm not putting as much time in this year as I did last year. But you know, I, I said the it, same thing. I mean, it was easy fun. to play a lot last year, but definitely uh, just playing for fun this year and not as consistent as I was. Well, you get to just do the experience points and you're like, oh, I can kind of play wherever I want and then I can right. still progress. So that's nice. Absolutely. Um, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, anything you want to promote coming to Midland for a game or social media or anything? No, oh, sir. I'm, I'm good. I appreciate you having me, Jason. No worries. Thank you so much, Jonah. Yeah. Have a good one. You too. All right. That is the end of my conversation with Jonah Bryant. He was fantastic. Thank you again for coming on the show, Jonah. Um, yeah, but that is it for me today and for this week. Uh, if you still need some more sports talk in your life, Locked On Today has you covered. They're talking about Nikola Jokic. Is that how you say it? Uh, the Denver Nuggets guy. I know that he's on the Nuggets. Uh, the Joker, that guy. He's really, really good. I don't know how to say his name. I need to watch more basketball. Um, also, if, you, if you're intrigued by the NHL playoffs, tonight is Game 7 against the Las Vegas golden knights in the minnesota wild at six o'clock so uh i'll probably be flipping between the a's shohei of tani start and also the minnesota wild game go wild big wild fan on this side of the microphone but uh, that is it for me today you guys so until next week uh go out and celebrate good times oakland and i will talk at you on monday mm-hmm.